0: Hello welcome to another episode of the SC Report We are keeping our lockdown series going and this week, we're turning our eyes and everything else towards the Bulldogs. Um, but it could be quite a short podcast, I think, because there's not too much really to talk about there. And to talk about the Bulldogs, we do have a special guest on the SC Report this time. We go, Joe Fitz, how you going,
2: mate? Uh, I'm really well, mate. A little concerned that the only time I get invited on is to talk about the Bulldogs because it's so depressing. But um, we can go into more detail, I guess, in that a uh, bit later.
0: Yeah, save the good material for a little bit later on, mate, because I think we'll need it. All right, Lakey, you are here as well. I think you've been absent from the podcast for a little bit. Uh, Your nights haven't been going too badly. How are you going? Um, I'm also depressed. We've got no football, mate. What's going on? Well, I'm trying not to talk about that too much, mate. Just give (laughs) uh, give the people something out there. uh, Thanks for starting the podcast with that. I really appreciate it.
1: No, that's all right. I've been Um, on there. How how are are you going anyway? I'm doing good, uh, keeping as busy as I can. Um, the kids are helping with that, obviously. But yeah, otherwise, lockdown at the moment, working from home, all that fun stuff. Well, yes, I think we all are. And Joe, we haven't caught up with you for a while, mate. Give us a bit of a
0: rundown. Of what's been happening with yourself?
2: Mate, just very, very busy. I'm a bit like Lakey. Got. Uh it locked down working from home and and got the kid at home. So uh you know she's climbing the walls, which makes uh mum and dad climb the walls. But um we're all surviving, I guess, as it as it applies to Supercoach, had a cracking start to the year on I think around nine hundredth. Um so a bit sad for many reasons, but uh, you know, with the with the temporary suspension of the season, but you know, one of which was I was on a roll. So, yeah, looking to restart once the ball starts getting kicked again and, and hang around that kind of top 1,000 mark.
0: Yeah, look, you definitely started the season quite well. So hopefully when when we get up and going again, you'll continue on because uh, your two first series of scores were looking quite sharp. How are you going um, with the whole social distancing thing, though? I think um, it might be a bit of a challenge if Trent Copeland was in the same room as you, mate. I don't know if you'd be able to keep 1.5 metres apart from him.
2: Well, I mean, obviously, uh, it's a mutual attraction, uh, as as you know from our chat. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think VK is uh, very happy to uh, for someone else to have the, uh, you know, me admiring them because uh, – Dave and I go back a long way and I've admired his work for a long time. But, yeah, Copes and I get on pretty well and it's always a good uh, bit of banter. I know you mentioned it in the pod. It's
1: hard to social distance when you're sharing a strap, isn't it?
2: <laughs> Bring it on, boys. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Well, we were
0: actually talking as a drinking game for the for li- listeners at home. Every time that Joe mentions Trent Copeland, Robert Sutherland, uh, VK, Sangster, any, basically anybody from the Daily Telegraph it's a drink, so have you got three bottles with you because you could be in for a long half an hour.
2: Well, it's tough economic times. We're all looking for alternative income streams, mate. So, uh, if I'm going to be on commission, I'll uh, I'll get a few mentions in.
0: That is for sure. Well, it's uh it's time for the team we're going to focus on today.
2: Who let the Dogs. Out? <laughs>
0: That's right. It's time for the Canterbury Bulldogs season preview for 2020. And Joe Fitz, you've been a loyal and massive supporter of the Bulldogs. You're here to and guide us through uh, the good, the bad and the ugly. But maybe we'll just start with a summary of the performance to date if you uh, would do us the pleasure.
2: Yeah, look, the opening game was uh, obviously a bit of a derby against the Eels. We've always played them close. Um, you know, traditionally we've won a lot more than uh, than we've lost in, well, in the last 20 years anyway. But looks like the Eels are on the up and the Dogs are in an extended slump. And, um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of fans, Bulldogs fans, took heart from the performance. And I guess I very much came from the opposite position because that was absolutely as well as Canterbury can play and they scored two points. So um you know it's one thing that Dean Pay's kind of whole method of of playing is to drag the opposition down to your talent level and stifle them with defense but when you're only scoring two points and never look like scoring a try in that game um it was massive uh massive red flag for me and I guess that manifested in what was just an absolutely appalling performance against the Cowboys a late try in the last minute got us to within eight but um you know, high price signings like Joe Stinson. um, I I tell you what, he's lucky that the NRL is in a recess because he will need months before Dean Pay will even look him in the eye again. I'm I'm surprised he was even allowed on the bench after he got pulled. So um, very, very poor performance. And I guess that's the the extremes at the moment when we play really well. We can hold a, a good team like the Eels to eight points. And when we play really poorly, we can get, you know, completely... Run around by the Cows. It's um, not a particularly good sign because um, there's just no points in this team.
0: Yeah, look, I must say I was pretty uh, surprised at the round two performance. I actually tipped you boys against the Cowboys after the round one and kind of showed a lot for the last 10 weeks of the season to finish off the 2019 year. But um, yeah, I'm not quite sure what happened there in round two. But I mean, things do look more positive than what they probably were at the start of last year. Would you think that's a, a fair?
2: Fair call to make. Yeah, you're probably right there. But the, the issue is that pay keeps making the same mistakes. And, and if your coach is going to not learn himself, um, you know, fair enough, we can write last year off as a rebuilding year and we're learning on the job, but really wanted to see progress and um, certainly didn't see that in the defence in round two. But, again, it's, it's, you know, that attack, I think, towards the end of last year really fooled a lot of people because they played with the kind of pressure when, you're either finishing last or a couple of spots off last and you just don't care. It's the end of the year. So, yeah, they threw the ball around and came up against some tired sides. Um, at the start of the year, Everyone, you know, just about everyone's fit and uh, disciplined and firing, and that's how we saw them fire blanks against the Eels. And, um, you know, the 16 points against the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys are going to be pretty poor this year as well, but it, it was not a fair indication of how the game went.
0: All right. So before we get on to the good, the bad, and the ugly, Lakey, anything
1: from you about the bulldog, or about the doggies matter? You're just here for the ride. Yeah, I've mate. You, we know why you're here. You're the host, and Joe's here as the dogs guy. So I just assume I'm here in the JT role, and I'll just pop up with a smartass comment here and there, and have computer issues. So bring it on. That's pretty much. That's pretty much it, mate.
0: All right, it is time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's start with the good Joe Fitz. What have we got? Uh,
2: it's a pretty bare cupboard, to be honest. Um, you know, Looking through, uh, Bulldogs aren't particularly super coach relevant. I did the uh, season preview article on the website a few weeks ago, and it was pretty slim pickings. I've got one really to talk about, and someone I highlighted in that article, uh, Renov Tamunga. Um, he's, uh, I guess, a... A busting tackle, busting second roller that I'd hope would be the first prop off the bench. He is playing middle, uh, twenty-eight points a game, uh, and for a forty-three point five average, priced at only two hundred and forty-four k, is in consideration in your two RF because it's uh, it's pretty light on there for, for genuine players. Uh, if you, for whatever reason, didn't go Coutelle at the Warriors, but Tamonga is um, he scored his first try in top grade, I think, in about ten games uh, last week. Uh, which or, or last round um, and did pretty well, but he's looked very, very willing. And I think the super, he's very super coach friendly game. And I think, um, you know, if, if you're looking at downgrading 244k is going to be a great option. I think he's uh, a young bloke that should be at the, at the dogs for many years.
0: Definitely. I remember you calling that one, uh, I think, the last, or just the last round before we went on hiatus. Uh, so that's might not be a bad call there. I think the two players at the top of the list uh, for the Bulldogs is Adam Elliott and. Uh, and Aiden Tolman I guess that probably speaks a thousand words doesn't
2: it yeah it does and look Elliot um has gotten a couple of couple of attacking stats in that uh 61 average he is playing 58 minutes per game which is probably a lot higher than most Bulldogs fans fans would like him to play um Aiden Tolman is a few points off uh off the mark what he was averaging last year when he kind of did a, a good job for some super coaches for that slow and steady uh, bloke in your front row position. So 56.5 average. He's going to, um, drop in price a little bit, given that his price at a 60 average, but that says it all, mate. You know, Adam Elliott, Aiden Tolman as your two highest point scorers. And frankly, you know, you look at the ownership percentages. Um, I, I'm a Bulldogs fan lifelong. I had to Google the fourth and fifth highest owned supercoach players that are Bulldogs. That's, uh, Sebastian Winters Chang is the fourth highest <laughs> owned at 3.4%. He's a young uh, developmental centre. And Jared Anderson, I, I cannot for the life of me find uh, where Jared Anderson is at the moment. Uh, he infamously was a great uh, nuff last year for us as a dual centre wing uh Second rower who had left the Bulldogs mid year, uh, technically he's still in Super Coach, but I can't actually find where he's playing this year, even if he's playing at all. So he's the fifth highest Bulldogs uh, player by ownership at three percent. So, I mean, can we just end the podcast there? I mean, that's <laughs> humiliating. As as you know, Bulldogs are a very proud club with you know traditionally one of the biggest supporter bases in Queens uh, in uh, in uh, Sydney. Uh, you know, great, great, you know, number of premierships and, and tradition in finals, and we're just a joke at the moment.
0: Well, I think you gave the good, um, probably about five minutes more than what it deserved, there, mate. To be honest, um, but well done. It was, it was good. We need, we need that, Lakey. Anything from your end, mate, or? Uh uh, you you were uh, unable to find a,
1: a good option for the Bulldogs so far, Super No, I've got a great one. The good for me with the Bulldogs this year was the uh, entertainment value they provided in the off season. It was a cracker. Um, I think we all had a good laugh. Oh, what what entertainment are you talking about? Like yeah, i no idea. But what do you mean? Oh, just some preseason um, activities. The let me say the All Star game was good. CHN was good there, and he followed that through um, thereafter and put a run through some um, some clinics and whatnot. So yeah, he's been good. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Maybe I missed something there. Uh, do you know anything, Joe? Did you know anything there? You know, like he's talking
2: about it all? No, I, I think the Bulldogs have an absolutely impeccable record on the north coast of New South Wales, um, you know, spending some time there in the off-season. So, no, no, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah,
0: okay, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe drawing a blank is not the, the best word to use. But anyway, let's move on to the bad. Um, this is where we should be spending the majority of our time, isn't it, Joe?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I've got a few uglies as well. Um, Lachlan Lewis I've got in the bad, um, more so for his just awful performances. Um, you know, I said in that article I referenced earlier that his two most defining skills are his defence, which admittedly is good for a halfback, and the way he flicks his fringe out of his uh, eyes when he t- goes to take a, a kick for the, uh, the sideline, and that's not currently a super coach stat. Um, the blokes... Uh, Gotten a, 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 I think it was a try or an, or an assist, and he's still only averaging 31 uh, points a game. He's slow as molasses. It was a try, actually, now that I remember it. And uh, he's just been absolutely appalling. And he is the senior half um, and really the, the kind of most dynamic uh, playmaker uh, that Canterbury has, which is, you know, embarrassing. I don't know whether you guys um, have your own uh, bads, but he's one of my worst.
0: Yeah, no, I basically
2: just said the whole the whole bulldog side. Yeah, and look, the the second highest owned uh, bulldog is their high priced recruit uh, Daniel Moutenis or Lesniak. Um, he was priced at a thirty six average, and there are a lot of people really optimistic that you know New Zealand's captain playing fullback at the Dogs full full off season under his belt. Surely he's going to uh, increase in value. Well, he's averaging less than thirty six points a game, so he's averaging thirty four. Um, and 9% of super coaches got sucked into that bloke, but I'm imagining once, uh, the, the season restarts, that's going to plummet as well. Cause he's is you know, in a, in a year where center wing is an absolute disaster zone, yep. he is one of the biggest disasters that there is. So yeah, I can't believe there's 9% owned.
0: Fair points there. I, I mean, I, I, in all seriousness, probably get, I can't go past Brandon Wakem. Um, I think. A um, bit disappointing there is, you know, coming around that, that pretty nice price point below 300k. Got kicking duties, uh, starting at, at half, half back. It was one of those legitimate, uh, cut price options to start, start the year, but just has really been unable to, to impress. And if you are an owner, um, coming into that round three price rise, um, would you be looking to try and move him on now or he'd be somebody you just hold?
2: Well, I mean, you'd hope that, uh, if he did for some reason go, Brendan Wakem at two seventy seven, but um, you don't have Jerome Luai, so you can make twenty grand uh, in the trade, and then obviously uh, Wakem goes down, Luai goes up. Um, he's your most obvious one, but looking to go to George Williams or or someone like that, or uh, would be most ideal. But look, you know, okay, uh, the tip was uh, a few days before season kicked off that he was going to get the kitten duties, um, and I understand why two seventy seven that might be attracted, but I go back to my earlier point. There's no points in this team. So it really doesn't matter about the goal kicking. Um, you know, you might want to add 10 to 12 points. Um, you know, if you're the Broncos kicker, if you're the Storms kicker or, you know, a, a successful side that's going to score points, it might be a four point thing. Um, for the Bulldogs kicker, it's just there's no value there.
0: Blakey, uh what about you, mate? Anything from the bad,
1: or uh, are you more looking towards the ugly right now? Oh, throw a dart and you can hit at someone that's bad and ugly in this team, mate. Carrot um, Holland strikes me as the bad. He was everybody's fancy last year, and then made the bench in round one and didn't even get on the on the field. So, um, and that's even just I'm just reaching even past the bottom of the barrel. I don't
2: know. It's it's pretty bad. I you know, one of I think one of the other people I had in the good section was Jake Avarillo and the bloke the kids played nineteen minutes. Yeah, exactly uh, right. So twenty six minutes late. for nineteen points. That that's about it. <laughs> it's so yeah, bad. It's, bit, it's
1: very disappointing. He did look good when he got on, but um as I said, he's playing no minutes off the bench, it's not worthwhile running with him. He's not gonna move in any any prices or anything like that it's just going to be an 80 nightmare
2: you know who started with him when who trent copeland uh, drink uh, okay drink <laughs> drink. <laughs> drink i'm going to get everyone pissed by the end of this no look um avarillo uh and but again this is this is i guess my whole point by the time he got on the game was well and truly over so he he decided to you know what the hell and started throwing the ball around and actually trying some things um that's probably not going to suit Dean Pay. That's not the way Dean Pay likes to play, but it it is does make for exciting football. But yeah, as long as he's going to ride the pine, um, he's not a super coach option.
0: I mean, Will Hopper Whitey has got to be a bit of a disappointment as well, right? He was pretty steady last year, five hundred and thirty-two thousand, and what he's got scores of thirty-eight and forty-eight so far. So, if he was one of your pot options to start the year, um, you'd be getting pretty nervous.
2: Yeah. And, and look, I, I tipped him as kind of Mr. Dependable in the center wing. I, I don't think anyone should start with a Will Hopawade, but, uh, you know, most people, uh, you know, at some point, this guy's going to be a top five center wing and it's usually towards the end of the year. So he's always a decent option for the run home and he never seems to have kind of more than 5% po- uh, ownership. But look, you know, he's averaging 43. Um, and again, you know, center wing, you, you've got to score points. You know, he's got a good base, Will Hoppawati, but, um, You know, if he's not going to get line breaks and tries, he'll never get that price by.
0: So yeah, I just realised this on the uh, the Bulldogs list, Joe. Uh, Sione Kato.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's a uh, he's a thoroughly mediocre option. uh, Would you
0: like to Would you like to explain uh, to people how what your uh, your relationship is with him?
2: Uh, So uh, was it last year uh, or the year before? Take your
0: pick, mate. A couple of years ago. Stupidity doesn't matter.
2: There was a boom young uh, winger. For the of Sharks called Sioni Katoa. Uh, everyone—it's still
0: a boom young winger this yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely.
2: So. Everyone had him in his team. Um, and I also had him in his team. But um, God, I can't even remember the other name of the Penrith cheapy back rower who's had an S in his name as well. But I had, uh, I started with him. And then halfway through round one, I was just fiddling around with my team as you do, um, had my daughter on my lap. Um, you know distracting me and uh, I just kind of decided to put the put the iPad down and had completely forgotten that instead of trading back the cheapy Penrith back rower um, that I wanted in I'd just kind of seen S Catoa and realized I should have had him in my team and then ended up with two Siani Katoas not one so hey, we're, a bit embarrassing
0: we've we've um
1: completely forgotten that haven't we like we don't we don't give that to Joe at all I, I don't recall that coming up in regular conversation. Flipped um, to my mind.
2: Yeah, not often. Not often. I know. I know.
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify.
0: Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start here. Uh, Joe Stimson, how can you go past him as the ugly? I mean, oh my God. Um, started in the first game and then benched, uh, in the second game or what? So he's got scores, uh, of 29 and 18, 70 minutes in the first game and then a whopping 28. Joe, um, what is it with you guys and recruiting these rel- relatively average, um, pretty average second row forwards?
2: Um, hey, he looked like a, a fantastic prospect. Um, Melbourne would have loved to have kept him, but the Bulldogs overpaid as they always do. Um, so the Storm couldn't afford to match. And I mean, the last thing the Bulldogs needed was another effing edge back rower. But Dean Pay likes what he likes. Um, you know what happened is CHN actually got a few people interested in Joe Stinson. He's only got three point two percent ownership, but there's you know kind of a lot of people on the on uh, the SC Talk forums that, that got very interested. Uh, in him when he got when he got the start, and I think that round two performance was about the worst. And this is obviously saying something for the Bulldogs in the last few years. That's the worst performance by a Bulldogs player I have seen in recent memory. That those twenty eight minutes were just an absolute boatload of missed tackles. Um, like I said earlier in the pod, I was surprised that Dean Payton let him back on the bench um, after he hooked him. Um, the best thing for Joe Stimson's career is going to be this hiatus for the NRL because it will take that long for Dean Pay to forgive him. That was as bad as I've seen. It was so bad.
0: Look, we probably can't go any further now without mentioning uh, CHN and uh, Jaden Offenbaugh. And uh, we don't have to go into the detail of what happened in the preseason, or we could if we really wanted to. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, you, that just has to be ugly, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously it's terrible. Neither were particularly... I mean, CHN could have been super coach relevant given that Pay benched him a few times last year, so he was probably about five points under price. But, but the issue is is that, you know, it was Reese Martin last year. Uh, this year, you know, there has to be one or two odd uh, men out in the edge back row, and it could very well be CHN because of the discipline issues. Um, you know, uh, Fatala Mariner, Stimson, and Josh Jackson are... Uh, well, I thought Stinson was a quality edge back rower, and um, Chn. I don't know where he fits into the mix, but it's certainly ugly for the club. Um, it's just the kind of thing that you hear, and you just kind of, you know, exhale and your shoulders slump, and you're like, again, I just can't believe these footballers. But you know, it's it, it's at least better than the off season in previous years for the NRL. If that was the worst thing that happened,
0: Likey, um I mean, would you were you looking at either one of those two players at all to start the year? Maybe C H N, or is that a bit of last year's news? Last year
1: for me, mate, you could get him in the centre wing. This year, he looked great in All Stars, um, but no, nah, too expensive. In the back row, better options around, which he's proven.
0: Yeah, agree. Okay, so last of the ugly for me, I can't go past Dean Pay. Any any side with him as a coach. Um, uh, you just can't trust him from Super Coach, can you, Joe?
2: No, and I mean, there's, yeah, you know, we can name some other absolutely clueless NRL coaches that you just look at sometimes, and how the team sets up, and it's, you just feel like screaming at the TV or, or at the ground. Like, what's the plan, mate? Like, what, what is your plan that the players need to follow to try and win the game? What's the strategy? And the Bulldogs just don't seem to have any. I think, um, you know, I made the re- remark uh, in chat during round two, that a good result is a, an in goal, like the best solution that they could have is a dropout. It's almost by accident that they scored. Who did you make the comment to, though, Joe? Uh, that one, uh, Rob Sutherland. I made that one too. Drake. Yeah, Rob and I were going back back and forth with Tom Sank.
1: Yes, Rob. Copeland. Yeah, no, no Drew uh, I get uh, a bit thirsty. Pace. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you sound a bit parched. Uh, the... Um, but but yeah, like it just it, he doesn't have a, a basic understanding of, of modern football attacking patterns. Yep, he can get the defence down, but he only gets the defence down because the kind of players he chooses uh, are the ones that have no attacking skill in them. So the defining trait is defence. Yeah, Adam Elliotts. Yeah. you know even even oh look yeah go through the side. Uh, there's just no points in the team, and and that's obviously Super Coach Poison.
0: All right, so Lucky, I mean, you've contributed about two bits of fuck all on this podcast, so anything you, JT, you want wrong to mate? the
1: table now? Uh, I was going to say, D- Dean Pay's game plan just reminds me of that Simpsons episode where Homer's uh, taking up boxing career and he's just rope doping everybody oh, and no. then gets on to the uh, Dredrick Tatum and just gets his ass kicked. Um, but I don't know. Who's ugly? Just throw a blanket. Uh, actually, yeah, actually, you know what's ugly? This podcast. Yeah. Guys, I mean,
0: I, I really feel sorry that people have tuned in for 30 minutes for us talking about uh, the Canterbury Bulldogs and their super coach outlook uh, in general. I mean, sorry, guys.
1: No, listen, we, so we, can, we can throw to Morgan Harper. There's a light at the end of this tunnel. If Morgan Harper gets a run in the centre wing at some stage, you got to think that he has to because he's the only relevant option I can see on this list. I'm still hoping
0: that Jake Averillo will come come good. I've got him in my centre wing as the my non playing reserve. And who else did that, Joe?
2: Uh, Trent Copeland.
0: Trent. <laughs> um, so so I'm hoping that he gets off the bench and, and can get a, a spot in the that, uh, that back line. Uh, there's very few little cash care options that's pretty much basically it for me
2: Um, he he will because uh, in a few rounds because the heat will start coming on dean pay um you saw in his selection patterns when the bulldogs were dead last by i think about four points on the ladder he started to change things up and throw caution to the wind um and he only did that because his job was under threat so uh, as you know the expectations were that the bulldogs would progress um they're clearly not i don't think uh clearly not doing that um so I think at some point he'll start to shuffle the decks. The, the problem is you've got your Marcelo Montoya's and, you know, again, your Morgan Harpers who who I really rate. Um, and apparently some young kid called Sebastian Winters Chang, uh, that 3.4% of super coaches have gotten on a little bit early. He's not in the top 30, by the way, guys. So he's not playing NRL. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> um, and so, so the, some young kids might, might get a chance. The only other person I had in the ugly just before we move on, uh, is a little bit sad. But take your
0: time, mate. We got nothing to move on to. So
2: <laughs> is, uh, is Captain Josh Jackson. And, you know, this is a guy that I think only three years ago was New South Wales Origins player of the, of the, uh, series. Um, absolutely fantastic store for the club. But I think at this stage, um, you know, he's scored one tackle bust in 160 minutes, no other attacking stats. Um, you know, he, he's had opportunities, not near the try line, but he's just not creating anything. And, that's kind of coming through with an average of uh, sub-50 for the first time, uh, for the first time I think ever. Um,
0: well, mate, he's the uh, the fourth highest averaging Bulldog with 50 points. So I think that pretty much sums up the, the mood in this room right now.
2: Yeah, pretty much it, mate. So I think, you know, surely it's only a matter of time before Dean Payne moves in centrally and starts to take advantage of some of the talent on the uh, the edge back row and, and finally giving Adam, Adam Elliott the bench spot he deserves. All right. So, Fitzy, if you had uh,
0: one forecast or prediction for the end of the year for the Bulldogs, and try to make this as Super Coach relevant as possible, what do you think it would be?
2: Uh, I think that I think that the two uh, most Super Coach relevant players will be Tamanga and Avarillo, and I think Avarillo at some point in the season and Tamanga will both get to 400k.
1: What about you, Lucky? Uh, I'll go on out uh, on a wing here and say um, Dean Pay gets fired before the NRL resumes and we get a few cheapies come through.
0: Well, he's been stood down, right? So what, what happens there? Is he, uh, does he benefit from the, the latest stimulus package that was received today? Is he going to be starting to receive his, his 1500 per fortnight uh, uh, from May?
2: His name, I think, actually is just Dean now. Because he's not getting paid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you idiot. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. All right.
2: Was it, (laughs) though? I stole that one off Twitter. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Should have left it there, Joe. Yeah. Uh, It
1: probably
0: should have. Yeah. It should have. But I mean, I don't really have anything else to add for the Bulldogs. I think it's, we came up to 30 minutes and um, uh, it's pretty generous us to give them that amount of time. Uh, to be honest. But, Joe, thank you uh, uh, very, very much for um, uh, for giving us some more of your time, coming back onto the podcast. It's been a while. Um, we're not going to talk about the Bulldogs ever again this year, so we'll, we'll catch up with you in 2021.
2: Yeah, appreciate that. Thanks, boys.
0: No worries. And what about you, Loki? I'm sure that I'll be catching
1: up with you again soon. The night's preview is just around the corner. Can't wait, mate. We'll finally have something relevant to talk about. <laughs>
0: All right, boys. Uh, until next time. Uh, thanks, everybody, from uh, for downloading and listening to the SC report, and we'll be back soon.